Blog Talk Radio. Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. Hey, uh, it is a continuing to be a fantastic, albeit wet, uh, week down here in South Florida. And um, but we are not complaining. We are not complaining. We haven't before this week. I think it had been like two months before, since we'd had any rain. So um, our yards and, and gardens and everything are, are very happy with all the rain, as is, uh, you know, my water bill. So um, it's a nice break. It'll be a nice break, at least coming. Uh, so very, very cool. In that vein, um, man, I, I've had such cool guests this week on the show, um, particularly, uh, well, everybody's been really cool. But I'm very excited to talk to today's guest, Um because I've been watching a lot of surrealistic kind of films. Um, I, I don't want to say that, but it's kind of mind-bending. Um, I, I don't want to turn anybody off by saying, you know, highbrow. Uh, but, but no, not, not, they're not snooty films by any means. They're just cool, man. They're cool thinking films. And films, especially the one we're going to talk about today, um, it rattles around in your gourd a bit, man, after you watch it. Um, you know, I, I've, I've watched it twice now, and um, just because I really enjoyed it, and you think about it, you think about it, you, you play off questions and, and um, you know, pathways and stuff that it creates. It's just a very, very cool film. The name of the film we're talking about is Woe, and, um, and I'm not saying that as, as an exaggerate, you know, or an explanation. Explicit. I can't even speak today. I am so thinking about this movie. No, I I made the mistake of before the uh, episode today as I I I looked up a couple of YouTube videos about our our film that we're going to be talking about today, and I guess nobody understands the meaning of woe. At least the people I watched. Jeez, <laughs> people, you ever read any Edgar Allan Poe? Anyway. Um, I like this film. It's called Woe, and our filmmaker, uh, the writer, director, and editor uh, is on with us today, Mr. Matthew Goodhue. So without further ado, here's Matthew. Matthew, how are you? Hello, Jamie. I'm good, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. Matthew, yeah, I got to ask I, I, um, this is a great film. This is a great film. Was this a long um, process from conception to like where we are now, motion? Um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for watching it and for saying kind things about it. It's so awesome to hear. Um, but yeah, the, we, I started writing it in 2018. Um, so now we're in okay. 2021, I guess. Uh, who knows what year it is. But the I, I got like compared to a lot of other <laughs> films that get made, like I think this one happened pretty fast. Um, mm. We we went into production um, the end of April of 2019, 
and and shot for 13 days and then essentially rolled right into post-production, which was a lot of me editing the movie and then needing to put it down to to make some money to survive, going back to the movie, right. uh, back to work to survive. Um, and we were sitting just about ready to finish the audio mix of the film in March of 2000, mm. I, I don't, 2020 maybe. And yeah, got year. the, got the, um, basically got the emails and messages that the festivals that you were excited to premiere the movie at in the next few months are going to be on hold. We'll reschedule. Right. And then, you know, week after week after month, it was just like, okay, this movie, uh, the festivals weren't going to happen at least in person. Um, so yeah, right. it's, it's funny. It's just like, we've been working on this for a while and it, and then one day it's out and you just kind of sit back and you're like, that was, that was a crazy process, but I had a lot of fun and <laughs> learned a whole lot from it and still still am learning. Well, you know, a lot of people don't realize I uh, I went to my first movie festival, um, oh, I don't know, gosh, it's been about 15 years ago now, but I had never been to one. Again, I'm not in the film world. I am a big film uh, fan, though. I'm a cinephile, definitely. Um, but I went to my first festival, and I loved it. I, this was San Diego Film Festival. I was living out uh, west there at the time and um, lived out there for about 10 years and just had a blast. It was so cool. Filmmakers, and I didn't know that many filmmakers before that, um, are just, uh, I'm a painter by trade and I've yet to meet people in the creative world that are, um, that kind of get it until I met, met filmmakers. They, they get it. They paint with film. <laughs> you know, they, they have an idea. They, they, they have a, they're saying something. And, um, I thought that was just so cool. But what a lot of people, what I was going to say is a lot of people don't get is you don't just, uh, especially people not in the business, you don't just submit films to festivals and whatnot. Um, well, you do, but there's usually a fee, you know, you have to write a check. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And and when people say, I've been on the festival circuit, I've been in 15, that, what that says to me is that's, number one, a lot of work. And um, number two, that's a lot of checks. You know, that can be a chunk of change. Um, when the pandemic happened, I, I've never really asked you. I never thought about it before. I imagine checks weren't returned, right? Um, it was just um, put on hold. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. And that, or that was they? something I, I, was, I was so set on just getting the movie made that I didn't really mm. think about the cost of those festivals in the future. And that was something that, you know, that can add up super quickly, you know, some festivals, you know, or upwards of like a hundred bucks. And you're just like, Oh man, like, but I just spent all this money to make this movie, but you know, it is, it's worth, it's absolutely worth it because it it gives you an audience. Um, So anybody trying to make a movie, try to remember that, that those, there will be costs. But, um, I mean, the, you know, I think the festivals were put in a really difficult place because filmmakers wanted to know what was going on. Um, critics and fans of the festivals that go to attend and want to review movies wanted to know what was going on. 
Um, most of them reached out and said that we essentially had the option to opt out, mm. you know, and, and get a That's refund. Cool. Or, or do we want to, you know, the money is submitted, are we okay with a virtual screening, or are you okay with us trying to do this again next year? Um, and for me, it was like any festival that, you know, we were accepted into, I was just so grateful that we got in that, you know, I was like, we are on your team, whatever, whatever you guys want, you know, uh, virtual awesome. festival. It, it, it sort of seems like virtual festivals were inevitable. Um, and what, what's been exciting mm. is like virtual festivals allow, you know, people that maybe can't travel, you know, or afford to travel. Right. It allows a lot more people to watch those movies that, you know, as a film fan, I, I, I have never really gotten to attend festivals as a filmmaker. I attended as, as a mm. fan. Um, I went to mm. Austin film festival in 2017 and I swear to you just going there and watching the films and hearing the discussions and waiting in line with people that you then start talking about what movies you've seen and which ones you're excited about. That really gave me the boost to be like, okay, I definitely want to do this. Like I definitely want to make movies. Um, even just going as a fan, it was just like the energy at those festivals is so exciting. And it's, you know, it's quite hard to emulate that through virtual, but you know, you do kind of, get a lot of eyes on yeah and you got to do what you got to do and you got to pivot and um yeah so the festivals that we had gotten into like they were all super gracious um in yeah kind of giving us the opportunity to opt out of the virtual if we didn't want to go that route but um yeah for us it was like any way we can get the movie out there and for people to see is a positive thing that's awesome you know, and I should add, I should add, I don't want to, I don't want any film festival, I don't want people to think I'm throwing shade at film. I'm definitely not. Because the same thing, I'm sure they were in the same boat. If you've ever had a wedding or, or thrown a big party or rented a venue, um, which mm-hmm. they have to do, um, you know, the, the hotels and places, the convention centers and whatnot, they have to write a check to them. You know, it's a domino thing. And yeah. when everything stopped, um, it, uh, it, it, you know, put a lot of people in a, in a weird situation, um, you know, the world, basically. Uh, but it's very, very cool. Now, um, this film, I, I should tell people, once again, the film's name is Woe, and I kind of was a little snarky earlier. I did go on YouTube earlier, and I, I watched the two guys, and I guess everybody has a show now, and <laughs> it reminds <laughs> me of that old adage. Everybody thinks they're funny, even when they're not. Um, you know? But they were, the big thing is they were trying to, this, this joke of, whoa, you know, oh, it's a trippy, uh, whoa. And I'm like, that's the wrong whoa. It's not funny because it's, you're using the wrong, I get it, what you're doing, but it's grief, foreboding. And one of the things that I really liked, and I, I'm glad I asked you the question, is I'm curious, is you captured foreboding and, and just, and the film wasn't gloomy per se, but it kind of had a gloomy vibe to it, you know, definitely. Not only from the subject matter, but just how they, everything, uh, the acting, the sets, the lighting, everything was like, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it, 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 was, it was thick and syrupy and, and, and just great. Just great, you know. I, 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 I got it. And I was curious when I was watching it the first time, I was like, I wonder if he wrote this during the pandemic in, in, in the isolation times and all of that. Because it really, that vibe kind of carried through. Um, but it was before all of that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is funny. While the pandemic was happening, we, some of the folks that worked on the movie and I, we definitely spoke about Charlie, the main character, and we were like, oh, yeah, this is, uh, we're kind of feeling like him. Um, we're kind of trapped right. indoors with no no escape. Um, but, yeah, it was written before the pandemic, but, you know, the, the movie focuses on, on mental illness and mm. – what what happens when we ignore that and what it can do to relationships. So I, I like the, the thick and syrupy description you use because, you know, we, we tried the uh, challenge of the movie was making a movie about characters that don't communicate to each other and isolate themselves. Like right. how can you, how can you keep that engaging? Um, so with the photography, with um, how we designed our shots, that's what we tried to do. We tried to make it feel like these characters are feeling where they are trapped. You know, we don't have a lot of wide shots in the movie. A lot of the shots are close-ups or medium shots where you're not really seeing a lot of what is going on around them because these characters aren't focused on, on that. They are kind of stuck in their heads. And the, the movie, we wanted to be a bit of a microscope onto these people's lives as if, nothing outside of them is happening, um, which, you know, when, when you're depressed or you're anxious, it's like that's one of the really terrible things about it is, like, you are so in your own head, and it's just it's difficult to wake up. It's difficult to answer a simple phone call. It's like these things that, Absolutely. you know, we're, we're sort of expected to do throughout the day as, as uh, just people in society. It's like when you're struggling and feeling super alone, anything is difficult. So we tried to emulate that with the photography, with, you know, the color palette of the movie. Um, and then I think, you know, the actors did a really great job. Um, I, I could never act. I, I don't understand how uh, folks can do it, but I think Adam <laughs> and Jesse and, and um, Ryan and James Russo, like, and the others, Devon, and um, they all did a really lovely job um, kind of creating that, that tension with, you know, with, without much dialogue. Uh, uh, a lot of the movie are characters sort of alone, ignoring what's happening around them. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us.
My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beattie, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a nonprofit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rockscare, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Absolutely. And anyone who has ever struggled with, with grief or depression, um, um, you know, or even have known someone uh, who's that way. There's a thing that I find fascinating. I, I, I knew someone um, who had, uh, you know, a lot of depression going on, and it's like they had all, so much to do, very busy working, but it was hard for them to get going. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. um, they, it was like they were in quicksand. And, um, you know, I, there's been times in my life where that's been the case as well. Uh, but, you know, I think you, you really captured it so well. And the creature, I don't want to give anything away. I want people to watch this film because it is, it's a very powerful film. But man, that was an awesome creature. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Or whatever. Um, I'll let the audience decide on that. Um, but there's a lot of that as well. I think that's a good filmmaking where the audience has to kind of think about it a little bit, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I know those, those yeah. are definitely the movies I like the most, you know? I, I mm-hmm. am also super super enjoy sitting down and just being pure entertainment, you know, that stuff's great. But I, you know, I, what's so, ex, what it, I feel so great about movies is like it can kind of transport you into another person's experience yet you, you know, you can relate to it. You know, you can kind of put yourself in that person's shoes or just the feeling that they're going through is, you know, something maybe you're going through now or have gone through. It's like, I, I love stepping out of a movie and being able to kind of relate it to my own life and my own experience. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, not necessarily, it doesn't need to change your life or anything, but just to be engaged with it to a point where, yeah, you're, you leave the theater or you, you turn your your TV off and like you're still thinking about it, and maybe two days from now you're working or you're doing something, and something kind of comes to light in your mind about what you watched, and it's like, oh yeah, that's that actually um, you know means something to me. And you know, as as a filmmaker, if that if anybody responds with something like that, that is you know the best. It's super exciting. Well, it's awesome, and it's so awesome to step into someone's shoes even if it's a little uncomfortable to do so, that's even better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, um, cause you're, it's art. you're experiencing a, a, a new taste. It's a new dish in front of you. You know, um, maybe it's not always, you know, a honey bun. <laughs> you know? Maybe totally, it's a honey yeah, bun no. has gone bad. Um, but that's yeah, a good thing. Totally. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think through art, through film, through painting, through music, it's like, I think the, whoever is, creating that thing is trying to figure something out you know it's like there's something that you might not be able to articulate but articulate rather but you're trying to you're trying to work through um so and you sometimes don't know what that is i'm sure until you're finished you know you might just start painting and then it's you Mm -hmm. know i think a lot of the times you finish a thing and you're like i don't even remember doing it i I don't really remember how it happened it's like (laughs) but it's there and it's like there's a reason you had to to put it out in whatever medium it was. And I think if you can make art in that way and, and do your best to get out of your own head and the self-doubt and all that stuff, like somebody will relate to it because we're all people and we all, you know, struggle through through a lot of the same things. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Let me ask you, Matt, you know, uh, you're in Texas, right, I believe? No, no. Uh, Texas is is a great place. I, I've been to Austin a couple of times and I've enjoyed it. I'm I'm in Los Angeles. You're in Florida. Oh, you're in LA. Is, did okay. I hear that right? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm, in, yeah, South Florida, in, just up from uh, Fort Lauderdale uh, on the okay. Atlantic I was side in, 
I was in Miami a few weeks ago visiting my brother and his family um, nice. and forgot nice. forgot what that humidity feels like. <laughs> Just treading. And it's rough, through. man. It was like, oh, my gosh, so much sweating. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I never planned on moving here. I um, I came to visit a friend of mine about 10 years ago now, and, um, yeah, you know, I, I never even thought about Florida. I met a girl, you know, and, and here I am. Uh, always you know. always how it goes. Yeah. Always the story. The but kind yeah, of no, funny I, thing, the, the funny thing about when I moved here is I was living in San Diego before, and I had one of those uh, those Southern California epiphany moments where you you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to make like this much money every month. <laughs> That's insane. Mm-hmm. I could live like a king somewhere, like in Tennessee. So I plan on moving there. <laughs> um, I plan on moving somewhere cheap. And like I said, I came down here to visit a friend, and I'm living somewhere that's pretty much the same exact amount of money I was spending. <laughs> oh, but I got funny. the girl. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I really, do you, yeah. do you, are you are you liking it more than San Diego, or at least as much as? You know, the girl has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was in San Diego. Thing, it, oh yeah. If you're, it, if you're my surrounded around by, there, you know. Yeah, if you're surrounded oh, by yeah. good people, it's like it it makes it all worth it. Exactly, exactly. But the humidity sucks here. It does suck. Especially, <laughs> now, I, I don't know how your physique is. I'm a bit of a chunky monkey. And, uh, man, <laughs> the South is hot. It's hard. It's hot. Um, you know, if you've got a, a little midsection. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I stay, I stay pretty thin, but I have long hair and thick hair. Oh, yeah. So, it's like, oh, like I, I, anytime I visit, which, you know, hasn't been for over a year, so it was so nice to, to be in M- Miami to see them, I consider, like, oh, may, maybe I should shave my head. Like, I imagine oh, yeah. I would be I, several several degrees cooler if uh, I just got rid of this. Absolutely. I have those, those Captain Picard fantasies all the time, man. Uh, my wife <laughs> won't have it, though. So, you know, I own stock and hair ties now. Um, yeah, no, but I wanted yeah, to ask you, um, did you grow up out here or did you grow up out west there? I, I grew up in Massachusetts. Um, so oh, nice. East Coast, nice. about, yeah, 40 minutes south of Boston um, in this okay. town, called Bridgewater, town called Bridgewater, which was like kind of the idyllic upbringing, you know. It was like a nice. ton of my family lived you know, five minutes away because like, I'm from a big, I'm from an Irish yeah. Catholic family. So I have like 20 cousins on each side. So every summer, <laughs> my, my parents, yeah, my parents had a swimming pool. So every summer it was just like everybody was over. So there was always somebody to play with or fight with or, uh, you know, go have adventures go trek with, in yeah. the woods with. Yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. I love that part of the country. I went to uh, college in Boston, and, and I, I lived in uh, Dorchester, right on the uh, yeah, right, right on the red line. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, many many years. Where Where did you go to school? <laughs> uh, UMass, and then the museum school, and uh, yeah, oh, awesome. lived out there a long time. And uh, yeah, then moved I, to San Diego. I love that. 
Yeah, I love Boston so much. Um, I went to school out there as well, and I, I, I fantasize about moving back there or living there, but um, those winters are tough. Maybe. Oh, maybe I'm telling you. Then you, then you remember putting your chair out of your, uh, your your parking spot that you shoveled out. You know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and just needing to yeah defrost the car. <laughs> It's oh, that, that yeah. extra hour to the morning. Yeah, it's like it's a bit tough, but but the the thing is, you make it through that, and then it's fall, and mm-hmm. it's the most beautiful. Um, it's or, or it's fall, it's spring, and it's like oh man, this is the most beautiful thing, and and it makes those summers oh, yeah. just feel that much more exciting. Um, Absolutely, yeah, that's a great part tough. of the country. <laughs> I tell you another thing that I really dig. I, man, I was out, and again, I was in school, so you know things were a little wild. And me and some friends were out. We we're going to clubs and everything. And I, I stumbled out of this club somewhere downtown, and I looked down, and this happens in Boston, that whole part of the country, not just the city of Boston, but um, they'll have these markers. And there was a marker. I looked down on the ground in the street, and there was a marker that said, "The very first shot of the Revolutionary War <laughs> fired." It's so crazy. It's like. It's such wow. an old historic place that you can kind of forget, but yeah, that's I. I don't think I totally appreciated it growing up, but as I've gotten older, just the the history in Massachusetts, um, is so interesting, and the buildings and the architecture that you can kind of just stare at, and yeah, as you said, there's those little placards on the ground that you're like, oh my gosh, it's been here for so long, and. Uh, in, in Bridgewater, where I grew up, I live, like, down the street, there's a cemetery with gravestones from the late 1600s, and you're just like, holy wow. crap, like, this, that's another thing about New England, I guess, in general, is just, like, it has this kind of haunted, eerie feeling to it that I really oh, love. Um, like, it, it sort of, yeah, it has that, like, Halloween feeling that um, I think is what kind of got me excited about horror movies and spooky stuff. And, uh, you know, I think growing up in Massachusetts was a big influence on that. Oh, yeah. And they had the, I remember some. I was dating a goth girl when I was in art school, and she's like, oh, we got to go on this. And she took me out to the middle of nowhere. And at first I was a little worried. You know, I'm like, oh, maybe she's real goth, you know. <laughs> What's going to happen? And we went to, it was like this haunted hayride haunted trail type thing that some farmer but it wasn't just a, a cheapo thing i mean this was a big thing i think it was called spooky world or something and they had like oh, 15 yeah. different trails yeah alice yep. cooper was there it was a big deal. oh amazing I was yeah like, i would go to spooky world we we would go to um barrett's haunted house was a big one yeah those were oh spooky yeah world was like was like like the top tier because it's like you didn't know what was going to happen and yeah as you said it didn't right. feel uh it didn't feel gimmicky you were like kind of truly fearful of your life um and <laughs> being being scared is i just it's so much fun um so yeah Absolutely. I have got last well, did you was know a bummer that we weren't able to do when any of the haunted were... house stuff but yeah when you were a little kid there in New England, did you think that, you know, making movies and stuff was going to be, like, what you were going to wind up doing? Not at all. 
you know, I, I loved movies. I loved movies, and, like, yeah, as a, I had three brothers, so I think movies were a way for us to not, you know, it was a way for our parents to get us to stop fighting, and we could sit and watch something together, and it was great. And my mom had, like, uh, she was always reading, like, thrillers and murder mysteries, and she introduced me to, like, Stephen yes, King and... Um, nice. Silence of the Lambs and stuff like stuff that I probably shouldn't have watched at that young of an age, but um, I always enjoyed them and I enjoyed being scared. But the idea, I didn't know anybody that worked in film. You know, everybody right. in the town I grew up was like sort of either in um, like they were in the medical field or they were blue collar type of work. Like I, mm-hmm. I knew one. I had an one uncle who worked like with computers and I thought that was like super weird that like he was at a computer all right. day, which is now, now what we seem to all do all the time. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I, I went to school and um, I took a film course. I, I was going to school for English cause I didn't really know what the heck else to do. Right, and right. I knew I liked to read, I liked to read and I liked stories and thinking about stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, English might make sense. Maybe I'll be a teacher or something. Um, but I took a film course, and it just kind of opened my eyes and my mind up to, like, how movies can be spoken about, what the intention behind a movie and not just what is happening on the surface and in dialogue. It's, like, the layers that, you know, you can kind of un- unpack um, as a viewer and – I just slowly became a little more obsessed with trying to watch as many films as possible. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time.
energizing citrate, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com, Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, The Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course, The Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Um, and going to school there and brought me out to lots of, brought me out. Yeah, totally. And to learn, like, that's some of the best film school you can do is to just sit and watch movies and try to, you know, think about them and then go read interviews and read critiques about it. It's like that stuff is really fascinating. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really think it was a thing I could pursue, um, you know, and like also just pursuing something creatively felt like it wasn't really work. Like it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't working with my hands. It wasn't building something. At least that's what it felt like to me, you know, at the time. Um, so it took me a little bit to be comfortable with the idea of like, okay, I want to pursue this as, as a thing. Um, but, you know, and I say that, but my, my parents are, have been super supportive. And if anything, I think they think it's like so funny and cool that, you know, we have a movie that you can search on Amazon, you know, and it's there and you can watch it and they're like, oh man, this is so neat. It's really cool. You know, how many people can say that, you know, not many, not many. Oh man. Um, I mean, a big thing was like waiting, um, you know, I think you, yeah, you see movies and you you don't – the idea of creating one yourself can feel just so impossible. Um, it's super difficult, oh, yeah. but it's – I don't know how you guys do it. It's, it's super doable. I mean, like anything, like painting, like wh- whatever it is you do, it's like you just kind of got to start, you know. You can only talk about it or think about it for so long. At some point, you really just got to do it. And by doing it, you will get better um, and you will learn so much from the experience. I, you know, can tend to get kind of locked in on just, yeah, reading and watching a ton of stuff because that gives me the excitement of making, but without the um, risk of, of failure. 
but at some point you got to just kind of take the plunge and try to make whatever it is you're, you're excited about. Well, it's amazing, man. You did. I can't, let me ask you this. I know we're promoting, we're definitely promoting woe and I want everybody to watch it. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's not out yet, though, is it? You guys haven't released it yet. Is it's it gonna, or no, it is it, out. It, it is out. You can watch it. Yeah, it actually just, it just came out on Tuesday the 15th. So, yeah, it's like nice. finally out in the nice. world. Yes, yeah, on Amazon and Apple TV and Vudu and Vimeo and YouTube and Google Play. And, yeah, it's, it's streaming. So oh, fantastic. check it out. Please. Very cool, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, and hey, it's the weekend, everybody. It's coming up on the weekend. What a great movie to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is going to be one of those films I predict. I have, uh, you know, I have certain friends that, that come over and they're like, well, what movie are you watching tonight? And I'm like, oh, it's this one called Jacob's Ladder. There's, I have a whole little bag of, of cool movies for certain people, you know, that, that will get it. Um, I don't know. My my wife had a friend over this this was a, I don't, right after everything kind of started opening up again, we, you know, we were desperate for company. <laughs> and, we had, had <laughs> and we watched Pulp Fiction, and this guy didn't get it, and I had to explain to him that it wasn't linear. And um, <laughs> no, it all makes sense. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, oh, amazing, God. You know? <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. Not to be a snoot or anything. But it is, um, it is your film is going to be one of those ones I pull out. You know, it's it's just very, very cool. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that so much. But, I mean, it's so fun to sit, yeah, and watch a movie with somebody, and you come away with it feeling so excited and and eager to talk, and the other person is just like, nah, like, I, I didn't get it, you know? And what's good is, like, <laughs> right. hopefully, hopefully that can hopefully that can spark a conversation, you know? Um, instead of oh, ruin a friendship, instead of ruin a friendship, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I think that's what's great about movies is yeah, it's like we're all gonna have kind of a different um, experience with it. Um, I, the, Joe Dante oh, is a, a filmmaker. Joe Dante is a filmmaker I really look up to and like his movies, and he he says a lot of the time that you know the movies never change, we change. So. Right. You know, you saw Pulp Fiction how when it came out, and you know it's the movie hasn't changed, but you as a person changed. So you watched that movie however many years since, and you know you can right. sort of see things differently, and other things that maybe were confusing feel a little more clear, and that's what's so kind of fun about about cinema. Oh yeah, well, and it's you you are you, you're constantly. I've had the exact opposite happen, man. When I now I'm a little older, definitely older than you are. But um, when I was a kid, like so many kids, I was really into science fiction. I, you know, Star Wars had come out, changed my life, and I, I was into space, man. That was it. And um, there was a show uh, called Battlestar Galactica. This was before the remake that everybody's like, oh yeah, that was on Sci-Fi. No, this was I think on ABC or something. There was only three channels. There was no Sci-Fi channel uh, when I was a kid. And I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. As an adult, I went back and tried to watch it. Oh my God! That's always yeah. That's always a bummer. Some of those, it's like maybe you keep them in the nostalgia box, and you're like, I'm, I'll keep that and keep the memory instead of the right. Thing. I don't need um, to see it. Yet, 
Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure Ruined so it. much of it is also just like how advanced CGI has become, and even just like oh, practical yeah. effects have gotten so much better. But yeah, it it can be kind of a bummer to go back to some of those things and be like, yeah, what was I thinking? Um, but hopefully the memory oh, of it can, st- you know, can still be positive. And it's like, yeah, when you were 10 years old or nine years old and you saw that, it blew your mind. Oh, and you know, oh, absolutely. You always hold you know, on to technology, that. technology can be part of that as well. I watched, I, mm-hmm. I, I went over to my, uh, my in-laws live like three blocks from us. And we went over there, I don't know, to drop something off or something. I can't remember, but I walked in. They're, they're a, a household, their TV is always on. But they're a little well-to-do, so they have a very nice, expensive, you know, the latest TV. And um, I walked in, and they, they had on uh, Indiana Jones and the, um, oh, the one with Sean Connery, um, I'm trying, The Last Crusade. And they're, they're mm-hmm. in the airplane scene, you know, and the Nazi planes are coming at them. And it looked horrible. <laughs> it was terrible. I'm like, oh, what geez. is this, on a stage? What are they doing, man? <laughs> are they asking they that now? What, what is this? that motion blur tracker thing on there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I think lots of TVs, yeah, like by default mode, they have that motion, that like cinema motion thing that, yeah, it makes everything look like a soap opera. Um, I've definitely been finding that if I, like I, my girlfriend and I just went to visit some family and, uh, yeah, you just <laughs> – uh, you you see how the TVs are set. And you're just like, oh whoa, like this looks like. Do you not? Do you notice? Do you not notice this? Like this is like kind of cringy to look. Like this is an incredible movie, and it looks like, ooh, um, yeah. It's like I wish, I wish movie or TVs were set up to yeah look how the filmmaker wants it to look. You know, but I know a lot of directors are pushing for that. Um, so hopefully we see some advancements in the future. Oh, man. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Well, your film, like I said, is just phenomenal. And everybody, I definitely want you to watch this. Uh, It's called Woe, W-O-E, very easy to find. Uh, Just pop that into, uh, you know, wherever you watch your movies at. It's all over the place. Streaming, and um, you can check that out. I wanted to ask you, Matthew, final question. I know my my light's been blinking at me for a while here, but you're fascinating to talk to (laughs) Um, can you can you speak of your next project? Because I want to see more of your work. Oh man, or that's so nice. Um, I'm, I'm still still writing something right now that I hope to f- film in Massachusetts. That's my goal. I want to awesome. try to get a crew crew of people to go and film out in New England, um, potentially next summer, which I know is a long ways away. Um, but th- that's that's my my hope. Um, in in the meantime. I hope to be working on some, some music videos. My buddy Adam oh, really? who plays Charlie. Yeah. My buddy Adam who plays Charlie in the film, he's coming out with a record in the next few months. I don't, I don't think it's officially set yet, but we're working on some ideas to put some music videos out. So I'll definitely, I'll, I'll reach out uh, when, when those start shaping up and let you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have you both on, man. Um, let me know. We'll we'll find room and we'll make it happen. You know, um, very awesome. very cool. I I'm a I'm a big fan of music videos as well. Like I said, grew up in the '80s. You know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when all the videos were fun, real, real fun time. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I just remember staying up till three in the morning watching MTV and just video after video after video. It's like 
is so fun and the videos were so strange. Oh, absolutely. There was a director named Russell Mulcahy um, who I just thought was the coolest. He had these very surreal, dreamlike videos, you know, and they never made any sense. They didn't matter, you know, but they were all awesome, <laughs> awesomely cool. Yeah. And um, I found him on Facebook one day. Somebody was, you know, I don't say such and such is friends with such and such. Maybe you want to be, you know, one of those type of deals. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. And um, so I did, I, I kind of fanboyed out a little bit, and I, I did, sent a friend request, but then I made the mistake. And I think he thinks I'm insane because I sent him a bunch of questions. I'm like, well, in the Ultravox video that you did in 1983, you know, and had all these <laughs> and he never responded. So um, I probably oh, have man. a restraining order out. <laughs> you know, no, I, bet he, I bet he didn't see crazy. it. I bet he, would, I bet he would be super excited to know that you have a specific question. You know, I think people, I think sometimes people forget that they still have a Facebook account. So it might be sitting unread, but maybe he'll find it someday. 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 Well, very cool. Well, Matthew, this has been a pleasure. I'm sorry I kept you longer than I thought I was, uh, would, and I, I apologize about that. But, man, keep doing what you're doing, Matthew. You are super good at it. This is a great film. Oh, man. Dude. It was so, so nice to talk to you and to meet you, and I appreciate your time so much, and thank you for watching the movie. Oh, absolutely. We're all going to watch it. Everybody listening, watch this movie, man. (laughs) It's streaming. Go watch it right now. It's phenomenal. Very, very cool. Matthew Goodhue, um, you know, director, uh, writer, editor, producer. He does it all, Um, except (laughs) But I hear no, that yeah, might no be way. coming soon. No. Somebody's no, going to no, get sick, and you're going to have to do that <laughs> Unfortunately, their name's Susan. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Fun. Oh, boy. Hey. We'll see. Very, <laughs> get us some hair bows. Very, very cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us, folks. We will be back. Um, when are we being back? Today is what, Thursday? We're, man, I've got a whole couple days off. How cool is that? Um, not really. I've got to work. I mean, uh, not the fun work, but of the show. Um, we will be back Monday, Monday evening. Um, our monthly house, I know we didn't do it last month, um, but the Monday rock top topic, um, uh, DJ culture show is going to be on and, uh, coming back. So that's what we're doing on Monday. So we will see you uh, Monday night at 7 PM East coast, seven out on the West. We'll see you then. And we've got a really cool, um, guest this week too. On my uh, website, all the details. Talk to you later, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you so much, Jamie. This has been Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.